I'm just All right. I'm diving into, uh, into some eggplant farm as we speak. So oh, solid, solid. So it sounds like a good time to tell you a bit about my experiences in the old desert. Sure is. Um, now, obviously, here uh, I can't say everything because that's the old rule. But sure um, what I can tell you is. Um, I talked to a lot of Lyft drivers on, uh, on my trip, you know, there's not a, you know, the Vegas trip you can walk up and down, but man, there's a lot of stairs, there's a lot of escalators and like, you know, if you got to go anywhere off the strip, it's just like, you gotta, you know, you, you, you're kind of bad of luck with walking. Um, so I had to go to In-N-Out Burger. I had to go to two places, really. Um, I had to go to the, uh, the perfectly fine and legal reef dispensary. Um, and that was, that was a lot of fun. And then I had to go to, uh, from the reef dispensary, obviously I had to head to in and out burger for my first, uh, my first experience with them. And it was pretty good. I would say, you know, where I've been rating it is it's not quite on Shake Shack's level for me, for me. Um, but it's, it's, it's a little higher than five guys. It's a little higher than five guys. Um, all American Long Island pride of you know Long All American stand supreme. Um, however, so spe- uh, speaking of uh, of Lyft drivers and Five Guys, man, I had some unknowledgeable NBA fan Lyft drivers while I was out in uh, out in Las Vegas. They were just like I had a uh, first guy I had trying to tell me. Actually, no, this is the same dude. I, I had a couple of unknowledgeable guys, but this is the, the same dude in this conversation was trying to tell me that the five guys from Five Guys were Alonzo Mourning, Shaquille O'Neal, um, fuck, who the hell else did he say? Dikembe Mutombo and like two other guys. He was like, yeah, they're, they're all NBA bigs. Show me the lie. Uh, you want to know if it's true? I don't need to know. I, yeah, I, I looked it up. It's most certainly not true. I looked it up only after making a fool of myself because I was like, huh, that's funny. I really don't know it. So I was telling someone at work and I was like, do you know, uh, I had a Lyft driver tell me and I, I looked it up immediately. We're trying to figure out who the other two guys is. I'm like, oh, no, it's just some guy named, uh, dude named Ben. It's just basically the founder and his kids. But that's not really what makes him uh, so unknowledgeable. What makes him real unknowledgeable out there, I, I just saying this isn't a... Uh, criticism on Lyft or its drivers, we'll get to that. Um, I'm saying, dude talked to me for five minutes about how his friend with uh, insider knowledge was pretty sure, about 90% sure that LeBron James this summer. Now, this man was from this man was from Los Angeles, so he was talking to little Lakers, talking to little Clippers. But this man told me that he knows that this summer, LeBron James is going to sign with the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, that guy's out of his fucking mind, huh? <laughs> Did he also walk out of the dispensary? I I mean, he definitely was eating some uh, some weed chocolate while he was driving me around. Very sick. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't have much of an issue with that, but uh, but I mean that that wasn't even the I had like uh, I was trying to tell like it was just sports fans in general. Like one dude was like, you know. Tell me all about the uh, them the Raiders breaking ground on places and uh, you know trying to get me to tell him why the he should go see a Vegas Golden Knights game. I'm like, how about they're first in the NHL right now? That's why you should go see your hometown team in their brand new arena, which was gorgeous. I was saying in the Monte Carlo right outside. Goddamn, that T-Mobile Arena is incredible. Um, That's the uh, Golden Knights, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> I can't think of uh yeah there was there was a few other exchanges but overall that was my disappointment uh with being in Vegas everything else was great everything else is what you expect there was you know there's Las Vegas strip there were there was girls there were gambling I was uh it was on a company trip I got some uh again some nice places with the with the company and uh and yeah real real good time but so then I uh I got to head home from Vegas and I already know I'm fucked because I wanted to try. I was there Monday to Wednesday and everyone else in my company left uh, Wednesday morning. And I wanted to try to get the, uh, you know, I wanted to try to go ahead and get a uh, extra day in there 
Because I'm like, I'm in no rush to head back to Chicago. I'm going to enjoy this, you know, 65 degree weather in Vegas and just walk around and drink all day. Um, so I booked myself a 7 p.m. flight. And 7 p.m. flights from Vegas land at 12.30 a.m. in Chicago. And it lands at the really far airport because it took Southwest down uh, Midway. Um, so I'm like, all right, I'm probably just going to bite the bullet when I get in. It's going to be late. I'm just going to get a lift after I get my bag. Uh, no big deal. So I get out there. It's one in the morning by the time I get my bag. I got to be at work at 8 o'clock. Um, now, there is a train line that will that will run right to uh, right, you know, into downtown. Then you got to take another to my apartment and all that and then walk a little bit. But I overall uh, overall ended up uh, having Lyft cancel or not be able to take my my card. They couldn't process the payment for the ride. And I had been taking lifts all over Vegas, like I was mentioning before. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Um, so I'm just thinking that my credit card company sees a bunch of fees in Vegas. They're going to go ahead and... Uh, and cancel my card, uh, you know, because they think it's it's fraud. I'm like, that's weird that they'd cancel it. Like, this happened while I was in the air. Like, I got a lift to the airport. Um, so I'm like, this is this is weird. I don't know why they would do this late at night. All this. Um, so I'm, but but I'm just like, all right. So fuck Chase. Now this means I got to go take the train, which there was one left, and it was five minutes later, and it's a half mile uh, down this corridor to the train station. So I was sprinting. Uh, but I made it, and I got into downtown, and I took another train from there and got back home and walked into my apartment. And when all was said and done, I get into my apartment. It's 2.30 in the morning, and I am tired, but I'm a little invigorated from all this travel that I've had go on. So I go to lay down. I go to uh, rest my weary head, and I can't fall asleep until 4 a.m. So last night... And then I wake up at 6.30, had to work. So last night was not, uh, not a great one for me. Uh, but then I try to contact Chase about this whole thing. And they're like, no, your account's fine. Go try to purchase something. I bought a book on Amazon. It worked fine. I'm like, what the hell is happening? I go to contact Lyft. And they're telling me that Chase is the problem. So I basically just told Lyft, man, you're on your own here. I'm out. And uh, downloaded both Uber and Via today. So we'll see which I end up using in the future. Okay. Yeah. Um, as a guy who uses both Lyft and Uber, I, and by use, I mean, I, I drive for both. Um, I am a big, uh, Uber guy. Uber's just, it's just better. See, I thought it was always the other way around. I, no, was, because, like, it was, I think it was for a period of time. It, it what Lyft, when I started driving, Lyft gave you better bonuses. So, they they toss you a little bit better incentives and um yeah but uber kind of as a whole made small improvements that the incentives weren't as relevant so in its in its current standing uber sort of uh edges it out but you know it is what it is but yeah yeah, so yeah, I didn't have anything nearly as exciting as you did so yeah I mean it wasn't you know that was kind of uh it definitely wasn't the high point of my trip, but I think that might have been the most excitement I experienced. I didn't get on any runs in the casino. I really didn't even play that much. I played like two hands of blackjack. I'd been rusty. It hadn't been a while. Uh, so I got like, you know, I don't know, 60, uh, 75 bucks in chips. And I go and play, or I think I got 60 bucks out and I go to play, you know, right away. To, uh, the only tables I had were 25 minimums and that was out in two hands. So I that was and then I played a couple of slots the rest of the time I was in Vegas. But yeah, no, nothing too crazy. Um, yeah, but overall, overall, real good time. I got real nice and toasty walking around. Uh, stopped at plenty of bars along the way was uh, I also, uh, you know, as you know, work for a bar. So the uh, all of our vendors were there and everything like that. So we got like, you know, the swag bag with all the. Uh, all the fucking drink samples and it and everything like that. So I was plenty fine for my plane, plenty of fine to uh, have something to drink while I was walking around and throwing my coffee. Um, it's quite the time. When's the last time you were in Vegas? <laughs> the last time I was in Vegas is when I was 12. 
Yeah, I me, went, me, yeah. before this, that was me too. <laughs> we went on a little family trip and uh, was stuck away in the hotel because we can't go anywhere. No, yeah, that was, I was, uh, I stayed in, you stayed in Circus Circus? Because, uh, no, I, I can't even recall where I stayed, but it, it was just, that's all I remember was I was in the hotel until it was time to go eat at some family, uh, family friendly restaurant somewhere. So, you know, I didn't see, like, Jack, like, I took a walk, you know, I saw some stuff, but, you know, I saw, like, the little, uh, like the pyramid and uh, you know all those other fake uh, landmarks that they have around. But. Yo, I got lost in the Luxor. I was I was leaving. Cause I was on. Uh, all right, here's the here's the brag I'll do. I was hanging out uh, Tuesday night. It was the top room of the uh, of the Mandalay Bay. Um, you know, very t- very top floor in the foundation room. We were hanging outside. It's like the House of Blues place, and uh, we were like hanging outside on the like balcony out there. We had like a little. Little table, little booth. We had, uh, you know, kept on ordering bottles, all that stuff, and um, and yeah. So I went to leave after, uh, you know, after being there all night, and I'm wandering around trying to figure out, like, you know, because it was it was definitely brisk at night. And I was just like, I want to get down to the strip. I want to go to the 24 hour food court that's across the street from the hotel and grab some fucking whatever, and uh, and get back to my hotel room so I can go to sleep. And I ended up wandering around like the connecting hotels, which just so happened to be the Luxor, the pyramid one uh, for like an hour, not just trying to figure out where the hell I was going and trying to come out on the right side. I just gave up after a while. But the the Luxor is really weird because it's like it's literally the inside of it is all like obviously a pyramid. And uh, and so you're like you're in the it feels like you're in a big tent. When you're walking around in there, I, I I'm not really a huge fan. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, anyway, we got some shit to do today. We got some uh, got some stuff to talk about. It's been a little bit, yeah, so yeah, and this, almost the exact same way we started the last pod. Um, you know, after we do our little intros here, we have all star news to get into that happened legitimately the second we were breaking, uh, getting on to start the pod. So well, hold on, well hold on. All right, so here, here's what we're gonna do. Welcome to the TKW podcast. I'm Anthony Corbo. That's Kyle Maggio. Say hello, Kyle. Hello, Kyle. And we're also joined today by uh, Mello and Mason. I almost forgot your other dog's name. Kyle's yeah, two pups. I, They'll be hanging. Yeah, I, I was trying to keep them in the room so they didn't go pee downstairs, but then I make too much noise. So I just let go and let God, whatever happens, happens. God bless you, my man. God bless you. Anyway, all right, we got we to gotta move. We got to move. Um, before we get to the all-star stuff I want to talk about, uh, <laughs> we got some more breaking news to discuss here. Yeah, so... Uh, it right, seems seems like an, an ex-bull has gone missing. Oh, no, that wasn't even what I was going to discuss. Oh, that, oh, that's oh, how oh, much, oh, Yeah, that's how much breaking news has happened today as we were getting on the podcast. I'm on two hours of sleep, and we have this much news. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay, so, yes, yes, we'll touch on Joe Keep Noah. It is, you know, best Derrick Rose uh, act here. But right as I was waiting for you to call, I pulled up the Twitter machine and I see that the All-Star Game starters, uh, not starters, the whole teams were announced from the uh, draft, the selection process. Nice. Okay. I was, I was thought it would happen later in the show, but cool. Yeah. No, it happened at like seven on the dock. They just dropped it. And I saw the graphic uh, appear on my timeline and that's almost the exact same thing that happened last week. So hell yeah, I'm checking now. Um, so for all of the uh, listeners here, I, I did predict that LeBron last week, I predicted LeBron in his selection process would make sure he drafted Chris Stapps Porzingis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, LeBron drafted Chris Stapps Porzingis. Yep. So the starters for the LeBron team, which I think far and away is going to wash the Steph team is it's LeBron and starting with LeBron is this massive front court of DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis, 
uh, along with Kevin Durant at seemingly the two and Kyrie Irving. It's like the fucking Monstars. That shit's insane, and I cannot believe that LeBron picked Kyrie. I just can't believe he got the starters. Like, all the stuff, everybody in this game is obviously very good, but he picked the three biggest dudes who are the the most talented at this moment. Those guys are all legit seven-footers who can do a little bit of everything, you know, so that's going to be fun. And then, uh, off the bench, they have Bradley Beal, Lamarcus Aldridge, Kevin Love, Russell Westbrook, Victor Oladipo, Chris S. Porzingis, obviously, and John Wall. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, to start, I'm I'm shocked that the uh, both Wizards are here. Uh, I didn't think they were going to get a teammate matchup like that. Um, I could see just about everyone else. You know, it makes sense. LeBron's going to go with Kevin Love. I thought he was going to end up uh, with the West, though. I thought Steph was going to try to troll him a bit. Um. You know, it seems like all the shooting is on this team. It seems like, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, other than obviously James Harden and Steph Curry, uh, but the bench shooting, Bradley Beal, Victor Oladipo, um, it's going to be going to be interesting here. Going to be interesting. And then Steph gets uh, DeMar, he gets James Harden, he gets Giannis, um, he gets Joel. So, like, all the ball handling is, is right there. And they're going for, I guess, a I guess a small team. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. It, it looked like Bron, I, I feel like, and, and maybe this is just pure speculation, but I feel like Bron knows they're going to get bullied in the finals this year. So he wanted to make sure he had the biggest, bulliest team for the All-Star game to make sure he could at least beat the Warriors one time this season. Because this is a big fucking team like Steph has all the guards and yeah lots of shooting they're shooting on both sides but you know he's got all Steph's got all the uh, you know the the guard marksmans and I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be fun I I like this dynamic I I just hope that we didn't even talk about uh the Westbrook Durant reuniting yeah there's a lot of subplots here because there's Kyrie rejoining LeBron and LeBron chose him which is like the ultimate petty get back here bitch move and then uh, Brad's like the scorpion, get over here. Like you thought yeah. you got away, and then you just get <laughs> daggered in the chest and pulled back in. Um, yeah, then you got Russ and KD, which that's going to be hysterical because at some, unless they choose not to play them together, I don't know, but that's going to be funny. Actually, uh, oh man, you know what? I wish uh, I wish you would get Russ, Harden, and Durant back together, though. That would have been the ultimate. <clears throat> Yeah, that would have been fun. The other um, thing that I noticed, too, is uh, Chris Depps, you know, talking about not making the starter, not being a starter over Embiid, and then him and Embiid are now on different teams. So that's another one. Yeah. Um, I definitely disagree with uh, how they had to draft the starting lineup, though, or how they had to do the whole draft everywhere. Like, I don't think all the starters should have got drafted first. If you're not even going to televise the whole damn thing, just, like, you know, make it a free-for-all. I would have rather seen like some actual. I would have rather seen them try to put together like a legit starting five and like you know ro- rotation or something like that than you know have to do uh have to deal with the starting five. But I get it. You know, guys have wrote it in the starters. They earn that right. All that stuff. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's. I don't know. I mean, I think it's okay. I, my big thing is I didn't really care what they did, um, as long as they don't botch it. I guess as long as this helps to, I guess, improve the product because that sort of was my gripe when they changed the all uh, not the All-Star game, when they changed the slam dunk contest a couple years back. It was like four or five years ago. I felt like they just changed it just to change it. Like they just changed it just to spice it up and they, they made it like different sessions and it was like teams and yeah. it, was just, it was just whack. It didn't work. That didn't so, work. This needed, this needed the, uh, the re... re- Vitalization. I can't even talk to that well, man. Like I said, two hours. Because this didn't need the revitalization. I mean, we <laughs> we discussed it. We discussed that last week, and and I was sort of anti changing anything because of uh, you know I made the point that this is mostly a game for the kids and for you know younger fans or more casual fans. But regardless, you still want to see um, you still want to see those best players really competing against each other. So hopefully, by adding this element. You can, you know, maybe with all these different subplots, you can actually get that sort of competitiveness 
back yeah. out a little bit. I I mean, I would hope. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, but let's move on though, because we do have some uh, some more stuff to touch on tonight. Um, let's just give our give our big shout out to the other guy heading to the uh, the weekend celebrations because Frank Nielakina is a rising star. We'll play for Team World. That game is fun since I did the uh, you know the World versus uh, USA kind of matchup there. I thought that was cool. Um, but yeah, so we got the we got the Rising Star game. We got the All Star game. Um. Uh, doesn't seem like a lot of heavy emphasis on the other competitions, but not too worried about that. Um, so why don't we... Oh, yeah. We uh, should probably address Joakim Noah going missing uh, earlier today before we get to anything else. Yeah, I mean, um, I feel like this is much more of a non-story as a, it, it was last year. Every time... I'm on mute. Every time you're talking, he doesn't bark. As soon as... As soon as you're off mute, he starts barking. It's incredible. He knows, he knows, dude. He knows. Anyway, anyway, so yeah, last year Derek Rose. I mean, the team sucked anyway, so it shouldn't have been a story last year. But he was a starter, and your starting point guard, no matter how much he sucks, can't just disappear before a game and nobody knows where he is. So that was a big story. This is like, I don't know. This isn't a a story to me because they're saying like he abruptly leaves, and and I made jokes about it comparing it to Rose before, but in all honesty, I mean, you know, the team has a game tonight. This came out well in advance of the game, and he just had to go take care of a personal matter. This is like how Derrick Rose should have handled it. Um, and on top of that, Noah doesn't play at all. He's not even traveled with the team sometimes this season. So, you know, as much as, much as I'd like to be more outraged or make a joke about it, I, I just can't, you know, I – it, it, to me, it's, it's very non-story-ish. It, we don't even know the full details. I, I don't know. Yeah, but he's going to miss two games. Um, at least they said uh, they're not treating it as a suspension. And yeah, I know we'll have to get back to it. There's, there's a uh, doesn't seem to be much here, but uh, you know anything that kind of seems to this this sounds bad, but anything that seems to grow the divide between the team and Joakim Noah I'm more a fan of because I appreciate all he's doing you know off the court I suppose and in practice and being ready for games or whatever but it is not working out talk about uh, a real story um, where the Knicks and the Warriors met and the Knicks lost. But they led for a quarter. They led for a quarter, Kyle. They led by 10 for a quarter. Yeah. That, yeah, that's all I, I actually, No, I actually stayed up for the first half because I had to do clips and, and I, I tried to stay up. I had been working very late at work, so I couldn't stay up for the whole game, but um, it was entertaining. Courtney Lee was on fire. It was like a lot of good crisp ball movement, a lot of good looks. Um, but at the end of the day, this team, not that they were even good enough to hang with the Warriors, because that much is very, very clear that they are not, but um, they just don't take enough threes. And what happened in the first step was the Warriors missed all but like two or three of their threes. I think they made like two of their first 15 or so. I mean, they, they just missed wide open three after wide open three. So that was the game right there. Once they started hitting threes again, and they did, and they hit many, you know, um, they caught right back up. You can't beat threes with twos, and we don't take enough threes. And uh, KP was out. Kyle Quinn was out. Eventually caught up to him. But um, competitive game, all, all in all, a lot of role players stepped up pretty nicely. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, I, I obviously I didn't watch the game because I was uh, not around a TV playing a Knicks game. Um, but it was uh, but, I, you know, I hear it just wasn't super competitive. I hear Beasley got a lot of minutes and that's, uh, 
you know, that's never really great because KP didn't play, correct? Yeah, KP was out. Um, yeah, but he... So that, I mean, I know Clyde was a little uh, a little critical of that. He was saying, uh, you know, KP's got to show up for these matchups. And, you know, I don't know. Whatever's going on with KP is whatever's going on with KP. There's no reason to uh, be stressing yourself too hard right now. Um, but, uh, you know, I kind of, I kind of agree. I think that if the Knicks want to be taken seriously and want to uh, be considered competitors or, you know, competitors in free agency more than anything, I mean, then they kind of have to, they need to at least let their star put on a show. Like I think of Donovan Mitchell in Utah, um, like Utah would never be any sort of free agent destination, you know, for the majority of the league. It's only when, uh, you know, it was only when now you see Donovan Mitchell putting on a show out there and you know, he's kind of he's kind of the big cog in the middle of it all. And then you got, uh, you, you know, you still got Gobert on the side and everything. But it kind of just him putting on a show, him getting some numbers up, him showing Utah as a place that you can do this. May just lead some other players to consider the possibility of playing with them. And that's really all you need. So when you can do it on a big stage, on a national, you know, I don't know if they play national or not, but uh, when you can do it on a big stage, uh, you know, against like the Warriors or whatever, you know, it just shows it shows the rest of the league that you're ready to, uh, you know, New York can be seen as a destination. Chris Ops is a guy you do want to play with. And the Knicks got to realize like that's kind of that's kind of what they got going for them. And I think the Knicks and KP both got to kind of realize that and come to that realization that for the big games, he's just, he's got to show up. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't too concerned about it. I, I understand that you'd like for him to show up for the big games, but at the same time, his health hasn't been like a wild concern all season, but you know, they're on a road trip. That's the third game on the road trip. Hasn't been going all that well. It's the Warriors. They are fully healthy. It's not the end of the world that he missed that game. You know, uh, barring him getting it's mega a, hot, like It's really not. It didn't, it's a non-issue to me. I think if this team was a little bit better, I'd take it more seriously. But they're sort of toiling away trying to be better. But right. I, I don't know. Right. And, and that's kind of like my a, point. This where... is like a schedule loss. It was the third out of the fourth road, uh, road game. Uh, they weren't even really fresh for it. It's just... If he missed it, he missed it. It's not. Yeah, no, no, and I like I I agree with you. I do. It's not a big. It's not a big game that makes a, a difference, like in any way. You know, the Knicks are not going to have a good season for the rest of the year. I don't think. Um, you know, this road trip has not been super promising. And look, if he's hurt, he's hurt. If he's if he's real sore, you got to rest him. That's fine. I just think that there has to be games where. Chris Sops need to show other other players, other free agents, other potential gets for the Knicks that, you know, he's a guy that they want to play with. He's a guy that can show out, who can get them, you know, to where they want to get in their career. And that, you know, somehow New York might actually be the place to do it. Um, I don't know. I think they just need to, uh, you know, the rest of the team doesn't matter. You know, as, even as good as Tim Hardaway is or like Frank Nielkin is going to be. Those aren't the guys that, get, that, you know, big name free agents or even, you know, like the uh, the difference making free agents are going to want to come and sign with. It's they want to come play with Chris Stops and he's got to have he's got to be there for those kinds of games. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't disagree entirely, but, you know, like I like I said, if they were a little bit better, or if this was a different kind of season, I'd be more inclined to agree. But. You know, he's, he's played in a handful of big games already this year. We already know what we know about his elbow potentially being a problem. Uh, yeah, that's, tr- that, that's if, true. If they want to sit him out a little bit for a schedule loss, it seems, or a, a not winnable game, it's not that serious. The thing that we should have kept an eye on was how the reports came out that Kyle Quinn was of interest to the Warriors, and then he suddenly misses the Warriors game. That's yeah. a bigger. That's a bigger yeah. thing. Like, like people want anything that Chris Stapps does or says now is going to become a story. That's just how it is in New York. That's how it is with any star in the age of of social media when anything can get pushed out in two seconds. So, uh, but I thought it was suspicious, and I tweeted it, and nobody seemed to catch on. So I, I feel like I'm the only one who's noticing this, which is wild. 
you it's kind of it's kind of the opposite of what the Knicks want to do, right? Like they should be trying to play him against the Warriors because he's probably the you know that's probably his best landing spot right now. Or do you think they're sitting him against the Warriors so they can try to get him elsewhere because they think they can get more? I don't know about that, but I think the Warriors. I mean, it makes sense why the Warriors would want him. You know, he tries. He's a really good passing big man, and I'll say really good, and then I'll explain it because I know he throws some what look like careless passes. But um, he, he, we've seen him when he gets into these grooves, and usually that's when the offense is humming, where he's just chucking these passes left and right. Um, you know, the best examples are for his passes to Doug McDermott, which are just money. And that sort of mirrors what the Warriors do. The Warriors do a lot of those kinds of cuts. You know, a, a, lot, of, a lot of what he brings to the table would fit into – the mold of that team, it wouldn't really be much to implement. He's already looking for Doug McDermott or other players on those kinds of cuts. He just happens to connect more with Dougie. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he would fit in like a glove there. I mean, they play small, they play fast. Yeah, no, he would, he would be great. I mean, he, 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 can, he can stretch the floor a little bit. I mean, he shoots the same range where David West is getting his shots now and he's having a good year. I just can't, I can't really envision a way that he couldn't help them. And I think I saw. I think I saw Jordan Bell is going to be sidelined for a period of time. I don't think a very lengthy one, but still, you know, can kind of fill that need if he's able to get there before he returns. Yeah, in a perfect world, they trade us Jordan Bell, but they're not going to trade us Jordan oh my Bell. God, just, can you can you imagine? I'd be very happy. I just don't know who they give us. I know, don't unless, think it's. Unless it's like straight up for a late first. Or... That's what I think. I think they could. I think the Warriors could. It's obviously going to be a Warriors pick and it'll probably be, you know, 30. It's not going to be any higher than, you know, 27, maybe. Um, But yeah, yeah, I, I think they're the, like pretty much one of the few teams that they could legitimately get a first round pick out of, uh, for Kylo Quinn for. Um, But anyway, um, the next little thing on our docket here oh and before we get to that the road trip is almost done thank god uh they play denver tonight uh we'll be kyle i know we'll be covering that tonight and so uh so we won't be able to get you too much coverage for that when this pod finally gets out but uh but you know we we kind of know that the team's gonna look tired chris ops probably isn't gonna play um i don't know if he's been officially ruled out yet but um it's probably not gonna be a pretty one but Whatever we end up taking away from that game, we'll we'll get to on the site and such. Um, They're playing the Denver fucking Nuggets, and as we know, there is a player on the Denver Nuggets who is not a superior player in this league. And the last time hmm. that these two met up, Chris Stapps hung thirty-eight of them thangs on his head. So I'm not going to sit here and expect something terrible to happen. If KP's in the lineup, this is going to be a bloodbath. So right. well, uh, that's that's what it's hinging on. So that's what uh, you know, that's what you're getting from us today. Uh, so they got they got Denver tonight. They got Phoenix tomorrow, and then they finally, I believe, play at home on Sunday. Brooklyn coming in. Yeah, and um, I think I think they actually wear the new uniforms that game. Oh, okay, mistaken. okay, first game with those. But here's the thing: I think you know I, I mentioned earlier in the episode that I feel like. This trip has, and I don't think I'm alone here, where the trip has pretty much derailed this season um, and whatever playoff aspirations that uh, the Knicks have. But I think there's still a chance for the rest of the season to see some competitive basketball. Um, I'm just getting up the Knicks schedule right here. But um, so do you know how many the how many games the Knicks played in in uh, January? It was a lot. I believe okay. it, I believe it was 19. Yeah, because I know I've been very busy with the games, and I believe they've played 19 games this month. Um, yeah, it felt by like far every the day heaviest every month. Day. And let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, <coughs> nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Okay, so they played. They played 16 this month. If my real quick counting is correct, um, I don't think it is. But of those games, only four of them have been at home. Um, if you fast forward to February, you know, it's only, we're only looking at a four day shorter month here. 
February has only got 10 games in it. So you're looking at a, a significant drop there. And of those 10 games, they're split down the middle, five and five. So there's there's some legitimate chance for the Knicks actually to get some rest in here in February for maybe KP to get right. You know, I don't know if he's going to see too much action in the All-Star break, but maybe that'll help him out a little bit. Um, but, you know, they can kind of they kind of have a couple of games to kind of take some time to get themselves right. They're only playing one back to back on the uh, the 11th and 12th. And then, you know, they've got the break right after that. They come back. They've got a couple of challenging games. Boston and uh, Golden State are, are later on that week. Uh, but then you get into March and it's got a, it's a little bit more packed, but they have a week from I think it's <coughs> Sunday, March 11th versus Toronto. And through the rest of that week into the following Monday, so over the course of five games, they're all at home. They've got a five-game homestand over the course of an entire week plus a day. Um, what I'm seeing here is just, and they're not even crazy teams. They play Toronto, they play Dallas, they play Philadelphia, they play Charlotte, they play Chicago. Yeah, and honestly, too, February doesn't seem to be all that bad. No. I mean... Milwaukee, I know they just fired Jason Kidd, and that'll probably get him to play better for a little while, but Milwaukee's been pretty beatable this year. Yep, they play him they're twice. Still, they're still, yeah, they're still a good team. They're Games against Atlanta, wrong. there's Orlando, there's Philly, there's, uh, there's Indy. Washington's underachieved, don't yeah. forget. Yeah, so, there's Washington I mean, right in the middle there, and then you, the only really, there's one game versus Toronto, one versus the Warriors, one versus Boston. And, and those are the you know the clear, difficult right. ones. Right. And so, so I'm not... The schedule gets a lot easier. The home games pick up again. Um, you know, it, if they can just survive this last little stretch, if they could win, you know, maybe tonight and then in uh, Phoenix, you know, they got to at least win one of those games. But if they could win both and then, um, you know, sort of get their footing back before they put, have to go play Boston, if they can run off a couple before they uh, play Boston with the, you know, this is Denver, Phoenix, and Brooklyn. These aren't, even if two of them are road games, these aren't overly difficult games. If you can just get back on the board here, get in the W column, and then, uh, you know, go to Boston, try to do what you got to do. February and March are just favorable. Yeah. Uh, Schedule-wise, it gets easier. You play more home games. So, yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, and the, you know, I, I even after that, survive. even at, even April, is, you know, obviously April, they're only playing, was five games but you know they're all at home basically and you know their only tough one really is cleveland in there and yeah so it, it's uh, there's going to be there's plenty of opportunity for them to kind of get right here there's plenty of opportunity to work in some guys after the trade deadline if they make some changes um so you know i'm not worried about this team making the playoffs this year if they do great if not you know it's whatever but I think they they have some legitimate opportunity to build on their foundation and kind of develop a little more as a team. And, you know, playoffs might not happen this season, but it can absolutely be a goal for next season if they, you know, walk into the uh, walk into the offseason on the right foot. Honestly, I, I know everyone's going to complain about, you know, being stuck in basketball purgatory, but. Whether or not they make the playoffs, no matter what I'm rooting for, you're rooting for the tank or not. Like you can get your, th- you know, self upset or get yourself in a tizzy about, you know, them being the ninth seed or the tenth seed, and that might stink. But I'm not going to sit here and and whine. Let's say if they just miss the eighth seed or even make the eighth seed, you know, yeah. if it's if it's, it's like close, whatever. no, if it's close, the, my my reasoning stands from the beginning of the year where. You know what? KP took a bigger step than we thought he was going to take. Tim Hardaway Jr. took a step people didn't think he was going to take. People thought he was going to come in, stink. You know, and he's shown clearly to to just not stink. He's, in fact, been quite good. You know, not just I'm biased towards him good. I mean, he's averaging 18, 5 and 5. He's a bona fide playmaker. He's been good objectively. So, you know, when you see that happen, and these guys are still pretty young, you see the flashes in Frankie. It's like, you know what? If if these guys can overachieve a little bit, make it into the eighth seed, cool. Even if they're competing and they miss it into the ninth seed, that stinks. But you know what? They're still young. You know, you have a lot of money, you know, getting freed up soon. You, you get what you can get late in the lotto or, you know, middle of the first round. And just keep trying to build around KP. It's not the end of the world. We're not getting, you know, is it 
I don't want to misenunciate it. Uh, is it Don Kitch or Don Kitch? I, I, whatever. I don't know. If, if, if we're not getting Luca, his first name is Luca. We're not getting. We'll Luca. go with Luca. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't want to say it wrong. Not a I chance. Would, there's, there's not a chance we land anywhere in. There's not a chance we land anywhere nearly like as good as we got to get Frank. We're not gonna. Uh, Barry, the wheels totally falling off. You know, for the rest of the year, we're still just under 500. And we had one of the most difficult ske- uh, schedules in the NBA in January. I think right. we had the second most difficult schedule in the NBA in January. Right. So, so getting the 10th pick isn't that much bigger of a deal than getting the 16th pick. Right. So I just want to be, I'm not going to sit here and mope if, if we get, you know, if we if we get eight, uh, ninth or 10th in the East, like shit happens. You know, these yeah. guys took a, a bigger, that's what's supposed to be encouraging. And it's not even me being like the stupid, optimistic Knicks fan. It's, Look, we all believed in KP for a couple of years. He took a nice stride. You know, some of us believed in Timmy, some of us didn't. He took a nice stride. If those guys overachieve and they end up as the ninth seed in the East, then that's just is what it is. It's different than, you know, like the Bulls last year who were in the eighth seed. You had Jimmy, who's 28. You have Rondo on a one-year rental, a one-year deal. You have, um, you know, who else did they get rid of from last? They just a bunch of, like, vets last season. And they were the eighth seed. It's like it's not like that scenario, you know. It's a little bit different. It, it's it's young guys actually trying to compete, and, and that's why I'm okay with it. Yep. Um, I don't know who is that here. Uh, whether the real Anthony Mason is or your pup Mason, uh, but both of them do a hell of a job supporting the team. So I'm all in on it. Um, let's, all right, so probably not going to get to the full rundown today, but, uh, we talked about Kylo Quinn's trade value before, and, uh, we talked about how the Warriors are probably the best spot for him and all that. Um, I had kind of a thought today when I was getting some stuff together. I kind of think that, you know, obviously, all right, so Kemba's not coming. We can all get that out of the way. Um... The Knicks ain't giving up an all-star, uh, which means they're not giving up KP. And and yeah, but something came to my mind when thinking about Scott Perry running the ship today. Now, this is a dude who is a respected guy around the league for the most part, which already is a step up, uh, you know, as far as any Knicks executive goes. Um, you know, he's got he's got connections with teams, you know, how. He, he got into that King's job right before he came here and then left that. But he I, he, I just see him as, you know, the face of the wheel and dealers of the Knicks right now. I, I, I don't know. I don't really know exactly how to put it, but I feel confident in what he can probably do for this team around the trade deadline. And I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of wondering how you feel on that. Do you think that having Scott Perry at the helm might mean the Knicks kind of have a better chance at moving on from some of these pieces like, uh, like, you know, Courtney Lee or Kyle O'Quinn, like we're talking about, you think that you can actually maybe swing some deals instead of just like, you know, Phil Jackson trying to play mind games with the other GMs in the league. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really get the sense that he's going to make any deals. I, I don't see. I get exactly the opposite. Cause I think, you know, this isn't his first, uh, you know, time dealing with, you know, Nick's assets and Nick's players or anything. Obviously, he had all of last summer. But I think he wants to show the rest of the league that with him in charge, the Knicks are going to be able to be a competent, uh, you know, deal-making team if possible. And they definitely have pieces that they can move on from right now. So I, I think they're going to be very active. I think Courtney Lee is going to get pretty shopped. And I think uh, I, I think Kyle Quinn's definitely going to move. Um you know, I still think Billy might have might get chopped, and maybe uh, you know Scott Perry can find some ways to build up uh, Billy Hernan Gomez's value a little bit. So you know, these are. I just feel like you got a new face in charge. We don't know too much about him. He stayed out of the limelight, but from what we do know, you know, he's at least liked by a decent amount of guys in the league, and I think that's at least going to get more people to answer the calls than you know. Phil Jackson's petty bullshit he was on the last couple of years. And it goes beyond that because even before that, you just had, you know, like fucking Isaiah and you still got to deal with Dolan and all that shit. But, you know, and, and all the guys in between, like, we're fine. They did a decent job and everything. Yeah. But it's, it's still, I feel somehow different with him at the helm. I, I, I don't know. I mean, 
from everything that he's and this is with the hugest grain of salt because it's still the Knicks and it's still James Dolan. I understand all that, but he just seems to be. I at least get the sense that he's very. He's taking this a little bit more calm. He's taking it a little bit more slowly. So, you know, I I don't know. I don't I don't really see any any like wheeling and dealing moves besides the obvious ones, which is, you know, Courtney Lee doesn't match up with the timeline here. So you got to move him. And he's been pleasant. I really enjoy him here. But it's either you're going all in for the playoffs, which it kind of appears that they are, and you keep Courtney Lee, or you try to move him for the highest bidder. And I think he's basically on the block for the right deal. Like, you know, you try to – Try to pretend that you're going for the playoffs, and it is what it is. And somebody blows you away with the deal, cool. See, that's and it. I, I think that Scott Perry might be able to push some of those deals further than our other GMs might have been able to in the past. Maybe, but I don't know. I just normally around this time, you start to hear the normal bullshit Knicks leaks, I guess is my point. Normally around this point, you start to hear something in the works or something in the pipeline, someone's rumored to go where, you know, somewhere. True. And the only thing we heard was kind of a good thing, which was Kylo Quinn, who's a good young asset is, um, you know, he's potentially going to go to the Warriors and the Warriors would need him. The Warriors are that we've been talking about for two years with Kylo Quinn being traded and they'd be that sort of contending team who could use him off the bench for, for stretches, especially them going small. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that seems like a good rumor to end up in. So, yeah, and I, I, mean, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of the thing. You know, I don't I don't know either. I'm, I'm kind of really just speculating here. But, you know, he he's just a different he's a different guy at the helm. I I feel like all you know a lot of teams have these rumors pop up about their players all the time, and only a few can obviously execute every year. But I just I know there's not a ton out there that the Knicks want to get. I know there's not a ton out there that guy that you know other teams are going to want to give up. I just think that I'm willing to give Scott Perry the chance, and I think he might just be you know, competent enough to actually make something of the situation that he's been put into. You know, I think, I think he's kind of, he knows the hand he's been dealt. He's been dealing with the team for, you know, over half a year now was like eight months in or whatever. So he's got, you know, he's got time to, you know, he's got, he's got time. He's had time to uh, analyze this team and figure out what the needs are and analyze the league. And I think he's one of those guys that actually, takes that time and actually I, I I just think he's gonna he's gonna make some calls, he's gonna take some calls, and I kinda believe in his negotiating ability right now and I'm waiting for him to prove me wrong still. Yeah, I mean he did some nice things in his time with Sacramento, which it wasn't long, but he made a couple of nice moves to get them back on the rebuilding track before leaving. So I don't I don't know. I mean I would hope that he understands what it's what an a seemingly rebuilding team entails, even if this one is closer to playoff contention than previously thought. So, um, I mean, for the first time in a long time, I'm just going to leave him as innocent, you know, until proven guilty, basically. Whereas with Phil, he was pretty much guilty until he could make some, you know, he proved himself a little bit. So, um, he says it does all the right things right now. So let's just wait and see what he, what he does. See if anything heats up in the next couple of weeks. I agree. I agree. All right. So the last couple of things we got to get to tonight. Um, I want to touch on really quickly. Uh, Trey Burke has actually gotten a couple of minutes uh, in, you know, in a few games. Um, trying to get his actual like game log up too. Um, but I've, I, you know, I've kind of noticed some decent things with him. I mean, you even read the stat line and it's not terrible considering the role he's in right now. He's played four games. He's getting uh, about eight minutes a game. He's shooting like 62%, almost 62%, which is, you know, again, small sample size, very clearly, very small amount of minutes. But, you know, he's still showing that maybe he can take some of his game from the uh, from the G League over. Uh, he also hasn't missed any of the three pointers he's taken yet. I don't know how many they are, but uh, probably just one. Um, 
and, you know, not not really too much else from there. A couple of assists, everything like that. But um, I don't know. Have you noticed any kind of anything working out with them so far in uh, in the few games he's played for us? Have you uh, have you uh, I don't know, anything stuck out to you from him? Um, no, I mean he's been very conservative. That's what I've seen. He's not making a lot of mistakes because he's not trying to really force anything. Um, you know, basically, if he gets the ball, it's it's off a read, and he's just trying to either shoot it or just pass real quick. He's not trying to do too much, which I think he got in a lot of in a lot of trouble with over the last couple of years. So, um, I think the Jazz game was obviously the best game he's played so far. Um, but even then, it was just. You know, basic reads come off, pick and roll. They don't close out. Just take the open shot. Uh, if they close out hard, take a step in, shoot a mid-range. Like, it, it hasn't been anything wild. Just, like, simple, logical basketball, smart basketball that's, plays. That's good, so, right? Yeah, I, I'm just happy he's not forcing anything. Yeah. That's all. Um, sure. So, no, nothing – I wouldn't say anything impressive, but, you know, he just hasn't been bad. He hasn't been great. So, that's kind of a good sign. That's more than I expected anyway. Yeah, so, I, I think that's kind of fine. Uh, you know, I think he'll probably get a few more minutes. I think he might even be able to work himself into some kind of regular uh, rotation role. I kind of believe in him in, in some role or some capacity or another. But uh, we'll just have to see. Like I said, there's plenty. Like we, you know, we were saying before, there's plenty of winnable games and plenty of advantageous games left on the schedule. The Knicks might be able to just showcase some of their, uh, you know, some of their their guys in the blowout. Um, at, see what they can do with some rotations moving forward because maybe that that's been a big problem too where the Knicks haven't been able to get any kind of you know garbage minutes out of out of some of these guys and actually um you know test out these their abilities and see who can play more of a rotational role here because there haven't been any you know when more there hasn't been any big wins in the last month or so um you know even any of the ones that they did when they were close games and everything like that so you haven't been able to there's been like zero garbage time minutes, so I don't expect I didn't expect him to get as many minutes as he has so far, and we'll just see where he goes from here. Yep. Um. All right. So the last couple of things to hit on tonight, a uh, couple of non Nick's things. Uh, Jason Kidd has gotten fired. Once a Nick, always a Nick. Um, this is this was the great Jason Kidd who played on the '54. Uh, win team and obviously was part of many great teams before that. Um, not really, uh, has not really shined as a coach. His biggest highlight has come on, you know, spilling Coke on the court. Um, and, you know, trying Giannis at point guard, which was, you know, at least he tried it. Um, but yeah, so Jason Kidd's out. My question to you is do you think he will be hired again? Before Jeff Hornacek gets fired, no, uh, honestly, I don't know. I mean, normally when guys get fired, they don't pick up a job that quickly, and uh, you know, on so, top of that, I, I, Hornacek's already kind of on the hot seat, so I don't see it's just not going to happen. Right. So that that was a that was a bit of a leading question. I think um, I think a lot of Knicks fans who at least. Uh, I don't. I definitely not dreamed of this scenario, but at least been like, oh shit, this might happen. I I think that the Knicks might be crazy enough to consider Jason Kidd for their next uh, coaching availability. Oh, shut the fuck up! No way. I know. I, I'm not. No, I, no I, I don't. I don't want it to. I don't want it to happen. I know. I just talked about how competent I think Scott Perry can be, but if there's any team in the league who's going to offer Jason Kidd his next shitty coaching job, it's going to be the Knicks. I I could I could not ever possibly have imagined disagreeing with you more. I don't uh, I don't agree with myself here. I, I don't want to see Jason Kidd anywhere near New York. Yeah, I, he just he stinks. Uh, he's not he's not a great coach at all. Um, I, the the constant comparison I see is the Mark Jackson one, where he's like solid enough. He's a good player coach. Um, doesn't have enough X's and O's to get the you know take. I don't. I don't think the, the that to the next level. I don't think Jason Kidd is a good player coach, though. I think he makes. Well, I think well, he makes barely. nice with one or no, no. I think he makes nice with one or two of his stars, and I think he basically the rest of the team like, doesn't really care for him. I haven't seen a lot. I didn't see a lot of support from any of his Nets players. You know, after he abandoned that team, I don't really Gian- see much other than from Giannis right now. Other than that's a big other than Giannis was 
devastated in right. sports. No, devastated. What I, yeah, but what I mean is that like he'll he'll find he finds the favorite on, with the team and you know sticks by him. But also he kind of backstabbed Giannis a little bit because on the way out he was like, by the way, Giannis and I spoke and he was like, fuck y'all. I I you know I, I don't know. Jason Kidd uh has a uh has a bit of a past to him. Jason Kidd uh has not always shown to be the most level headed person in the world. Um so I can only imagine how he reacts to getting fired like this after getting demoted, you know, earlier in the year. So <laughs> sucks for you, dude. It's a bummer, but uh excited the Bucks can actually move on and find a coach this summer and you know, become a competitive team. Um, the last thing, uh, do you have anything more to say on that? On, on old J kid. All right. I'll take that as a no. Um, the last thing that we have to talk about tonight where I'd like to touch on is very quietly. Um, I haven't seen much on this at all, but, the NBA has decided to start moving forward with a uh, very fitting. We were talking about Vegas, but uh, move forward with uh, NBA bet- uh, with betting on uh, on actual games. A lot of states have taken uh, you know, legislation to uh, an ongoing court case that's been going on for a while about, you know, setting up a some kind of system for legal sports betting, regulated sports betting in their states. And the NBA has taken notice and decided that they uh that they don't want to um, sit on the sidelines, I believe they said. I'm reading a quote from uh, an article with Brian Windhorst today that says uh, one per, uh, the NBA wants 1% of every bet that's, play, that, uh, that's placed on their games. And basically the American Gambling Association said that they're pleased that the NBA supported vigorously regulated sports wagering but the role of government most certainly does not include transferring money from betters to multi-billion dollar sports leagues. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's interesting how this plays out. I think the NBA and pretty much all the other sports leagues who have been fighting an inevitability for a long time here. And, you know, now they have to catch up and that's going to cost them a little bit. Um, I don't know. Do you, I know, uh, you do a little bit of sports betting. What do you uh, What do you think about all this? The way I look at it is the same way that I look at it. And I have to be allowed to elaborate before this sounds like I'm batshit crazy. But honestly, I compare the two markets, the marijuana market and the betting market, in the sense that the betting market is not ever going to be legalized, you know, fully legalized and, and, and brought out, you know, full-blown, you know, uh, I don't know, football legally, unless the NBA, the NFL, MLB, NHL, uh, every major sporting league or union or what have you agrees to it. They control a lot of the TV deals. They have a huge pull, a huge say, uh, huge connections. So there's no way that any of that gets done without uh, them signing off on it. So I, I, I'm asking for 1%. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like a lot. It, it would add up with the volume of people. That would that add bet. up too. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think what ends up happening is that they're just going to negotiate. There's no way the NBA and these leagues are going to just sign off on it without, okay, well, you rebuffed us for uh, 1%. Go ahead, have it for free. There's going to be a negotiating process. And it's the same. The way reason I compared it to weed is, is weed is illegal because they haven't figured out how to tax it yet. Once they figure out how to tax it, which they have in certain states, mm-hmm. there you go. That's it. It's taxed. It's fine. All of a sudden, all bets are off. It's the same way where you have to get you have to find a reason for it. And and the reason weed wasn't legal was because the government couldn't get a piece. Now that the government can get a piece. They have some sort of a system in a bunch of states to legally tax it. Not a big deal anymore. Yeah, here it is. It's legal. We just have to tax it. That's it. That's pretty much it. And uh, with the betting market, it's the same in that sense where these big leagues have to sign off on it first. You know, make sure they get their cut, whatever that cut is, before they sign off on anything. That's just the way that this stuff works. You know, there's a lot of betting sites. There's a lot of uh, betting businesses. You know, they've been allowed to operate overseas for the most part uh, up until now. I know I'm not going to name names, but a couple of the sites I use when you and, and listeners are probably familiar with this. But when you go to 
deposit some money from one of your accounts or you go to withdraw money from one, you know, from your betting account. When it hits your bank account or your credit card account, it shows up as some random Chinese or, you know, overseas retailer. You know, it's a, it'll say like clothing from some made up store name. So they've had to operate under this kind of BS, you know, this thin veil for, for so long that once it's fully allowed in the U.S., like, yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of money made here. People are going to be encouraged to do it. You know, everyone's going to be eating, but they just got to figure out how to basically how to pay off the right people here. And, you know, I, I, it is inevitable. It's like you said, they've been fighting off inevitability for so long. But, you know, it, the time is coming. The time is coming. If they started at one percent, that's just the first part of negotiation. So um, Bro, the time the time is coming for like everything here. Yeah, this is this is it's good to see. It's amazing that we're actually seeing like progress on any issues. I know we're not really on the uh, many social issues, but just the fact that we are seeing some regulations change on whatever you know small level here, uh, it'll, it's going to work its way upwards. And I'm glad that the you know the sports leagues that control you know a lot of you know the American people's opinion and overseas as well, you know they're kind of adapting and showing that they're able to adapt. And I think that's really promising for the future of these leagues and its fans. Um, so one thing, I don't know if, uh, if Steph did the same, but I just saw LeBron's, um, LeBron's, uh, what do you call it? Sheet for the final roster at the All-Star game with everyone's names penned in. So, you know, obviously he did this on a conference call with, uh, with Steph. And do you think he listed all of these names in order on here? Because the way that he has it written is you know, he's got his starters are in order. DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. And then his reserves were LaMarcus Aldridge, Bradley Beal, Kevin Love, Oladipo, Porzingis, Wall, and Westbrook in that order. Do you, you think he's just like putting this up here to screw with us? And he was, you know, just kind of penning, penning names there's, in there's, left and right. There's no way that that was the order. <laughs> yeah, and it's ridiculous. LaMarcus Aldridge is not the first reserve, uh, you know, picked for him. Yeah, no, there's no way. There's no way that's the order. It, he literally, literally threw that up there so everybody can discuss exactly this. This is just throwing. No, I know. I know. It, it's it's yeah. so funny. I don't, I mean, I don't mind discussing LeBron social media. I know a lot of people are boycotting or whatever, but. Um, but yeah, that's, that's interesting. I'm gonna see if Steph has one right now. Um, but, but while I'm doing that, get started with these plugs here. Um, everyone do us all a favor and listen and review and subscribe and all that good stuff on iTunes because that really helps us in the ratings. Um, you can do the same for our other podcast on the Nick's Wall Podcast Network called Off the Wall, featuring Joseph Nardone and Jared Mintz. While you're at that, head to thenixwall.com, where we've got plenty of great content to keep you going. Uh, weekly Monday musings columns, uh, previews and recaps, tons of features, all that good stuff. Check out Nick's Film School. Check out just, just about everything. And a quick shout-out to my buddies over at... Uh, Blue Shirts Breakaway, because I am a uh, Patreon subscriber of theirs, and they sent a very nice gift package out this week with a letter uh, to their subscribers and several stickers, uh, which are very, very nice quality. So shout out to you, dude. You guys did a great job. Um, I think that's I think that's it. Oh, um, oh. For, no, just last thing um, uh -huh. for, for our merchandise. Everything's on sale. Oh, good move, um, good move, good move. Up until tomorrow, uh, end of tomorrow. So everything right. is, I believe, 30% off. So all the shirts are $14. All the hoodies are, not going to do the math, but they're usually like 40 45 so they're low 30s, mid 30s. So yeah. um, everything's on sale. Um, all the designs that we have, um, we got a couple of new things up, especially the future shirt that uh, Bailey Carlin put that, out. That so, shit is fire. That yeah. shit looks so good. Um, and also, um, some news, more news that we got as we were doing the pod, our uh, friend of the site, Sam Morrill, is going on the Conan show tonight. So he's going to be telling some jokes, and he, in his picture, 
uh, depicting this, one of our fans tweeted us so we knew. Um, he's wearing our French Prince of New York shirt. Hell uh, yeah, that's my tonight. dude. So yeah, so thank you, Sam. Uh, really appreciate that. Uh, I'm not guys. gonna I'm not gonna get this pot up until uh, you know Friday afternoon or so. So that'll have happened last night. But uh, well, we'll get some good pictures. Yeah, Get, we'll get the pictures. You can go on the Conan's website and see the clips, I'm sure. Sam is a great, very funny dude, and I'm stoked to uh, stoked to talk to him again sometime soon. Real you know, shout-out, Sam. Thanks a lot for supporting the merch, supporting the site, and liking the designs. I got my brother that, uh, that shirt for Christmas, and he loved it. Um, anyway, Kyle, it was great talking to you again. I'll uh, chat with you next week. Yep, take it easy, buddy. Ready, dude.